Hi, everyone. You are joining us for the Rocky Talkie Podcast. I don't know what number this is going to be, but this is uh, lightning in a bottle. This is a, a uh, an interview. I'm like flying through this. Two and a half years in the making, starting at the outset of COVID. Uh, he did not have to do this, but he did. And he's a class act. And we go back almost 12 years in Toronto at Dark Horse. I'm joined tonight at my dirty dining room table in my home by Kevin Drew from Broken Social Scene and a number of other projects. Kevin. I love you, man. Thank you for coming. Three nights in Three. Hamilton. Here we are, bright and early. Congratulations on, uh, was the third night sold out as well? It was. No, it was, it was uh, the, the hammer came through the last three nights. Just had a wonderful time here in the city. and The hammer loves your music. Yeah, it, I said it on stage last night, but Amy Milan, she, she put it into perspective of, Hamilton doesn't want to go to Toronto. You got to come to Hamilton. Oh, Amy from the stars gets it or yeah. stars. Yeah. Cause I said, why are we, what are we three? What? what how come I'm in Hamilton? That's for three so nights? good. I always say, uh, Hamilton is, is Brooklyn to Toronto's New York. And we're okay with that. Yeah, you should be. It's a great yeah. town. I love it, man. We, we, I ate a lot here. Great restaurants. I've been coming here for years. So yeah, I was saying to you before we pressed record, when I started out as a chef 20 years ago, I couldn't find one chef to train me. They were all kind of glorified uh, line cooks, but you throw a stone now. You had a talented barista, artist, musician. Well, musicians have always been here, chefs. We're walking on water, man. The last 15 years have been um, a phoenix rising kind of thing. The first time in a generation, we don't need to leave our town to have a good night. No, you don't. Yeah. So I, 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 this is an ultimate Hamilton moment. Uh, you're in my home. Uh, thank you. Also, Toronto's sort of, it sort of ate itself. So it's not the best city. Right it's a lot. Now. I was there I was there about a month ago and it did not feel, I, I feel like when I was at Dark Horse in the uh, 2012-ish, that was kind of a golden era. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of cool things going on. It was, it was, it, 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 I think the city didn't know it was ending at that time. And there was a sort of new wave of shareholder living that was going to come into it. And there's a lot of anger there. I and felt that. Yeah. You feel the, look, I went to Nashville and I said, you know, it's something when you go to America and you feel some relief. <sighs> and I was in Edmonton for the Junos felt some relief. Hamilton felt some relief, get into the city. I'll have people all day argue with me. Charlie definitely uh, from the band, Charles Spear, and he loves it. And he just has a great outlook on life. I, I don't want to be negative, but I'm an empath. Yeah, you are. I so I feel people's energy. I uh, I actually can't travel. So this is what I want to do with this in, this interview. But it's not an interview. We're just talking. <clears throat> I don't even want to have an agenda with you because I know that you are uh, you're a real one. And let's just I don't want to I don't want to rattle off things where you were in a junket and it's like, you know, tell me about the first time, you know, I just, whatever. So let's just talk. But, uh, well, it's two, you said it was two and a half. <clears throat> it hasn't been two and a half. Years. I looked back at our first, when I first reached out, it was 2020. Come on. Um, and you said yes. <clears throat> and you know what, Kev, that was, uh, this might've been the biggest case of, pardon my French, uh, musical blue balls ever <laughs> of waiting. But because you said yes, all those, all those years ago, I, it was enough for me. I was like, you know what? He's willing. And for me, that was just such a, a big marker. But uh, going back to what you were saying about uh, being an empath, like I have to really think about where I travel. When, when I feel cities, I feel countries. Like I had a really hard time in, in Paris. Mm. Paris felt very angry. No one ever agrees with me. 
Lots of diag. It's diagonal. Yeah. It's just a lot of so I hear what triangles, you're saying. broken triangles in Paris and walking around. Fico ever move here? To Hamilton? You're, um, a Toronto, you're a Toronto kid. I'm currently in that place where I don't know where to live. I also have, you know, a, a sick parent. Mm. And that, I think we all know when someone's not well in your life, it follows you yep. throughout the day. Yep. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm currently, I, I moved out of the city. I'm very fortunate. I'm very grateful. I'm very privileged. I was able to get out of Toronto and go buy some trees. It's not my land, but I own this land uh, to a certain degree. Obviously, we could get into that whole conversation. But I, as my brother said, look, you're never going to own land. We know this isn't our land, but you are the keeper of it. Mm. You paid to be the keeper of this land. So I, I liked his attitude on that. I like that. And... Um, yeah, I for over a decade I've I've felt unrest, but I realize I'm not alone in that. We all have that where do where should we live? And I think the where should I where should I be feeling is probably one of the most haunting feelings when you're not feeling grounded mm. where you are. Um so I'm trying to always live my life with my arms wide open and figure stuff out, but yeah, I'm not quite sure where to live being displaced is a strange feeling it's kind of like living in a home while your kitchen's being renovated for six months yeah and also having just such wonderful homes Mm -hmm. and such great places to live as i said i'm very fortunate so the displaced feeling it's just in it's just inside me you're 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 likely like me though you're probably a little bit good at being a gypsy you know i am sorry to click that coffee no no, you're fine I, i did enjoy the road and it never hit me i mean we all went through something with the pandemic and staying still. Uh, my dear friend Andy has a great saying, be still the mountain. Mm. And that's when the chaos is around you. Learn to be still. Um, but yeah, I, I feel as if uh, I miss when we did this You Forgotten People tour throughout the States back in the fall. I had the time of my life. Good. Just the time of my life. You got your friends. We're still alive. Got a lot of people who died on me, Rocky. Right. A lot of people. A lot of people who I, I, I miss. And it's funny, as you get older, even last night when we were playing here at the Bridge Works, Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, you, you're bringing your dead friends with you. Oh. Wherever you go. You're on stage. You're, you're thinking of them. You're singing for them. And... Um, yeah, as soon as I brought up my dead friends, I kind of lost my train. Oh, of dude! Thought. But I, I, what were we just talking? Kev, about? I was just—I was just thinking about that last night, walking back up the hill from the show, and I'm like, you know, musicians that have been playing songs for some songs as long as 20 years, like, what what kind of wellspring do you have to reach into to make them real? Are they always real? Do you have to fight to keep them alive? And you mentioned, like, this is why I love you, man. Like, I, I, I've, I've our relationship has been a mosaic of little moments, but I've always been able to gather from you that yes, you are an empath, but you feel deeply and it's every in everything you do. Um, but you confirm that for me, you take your friends with you and you're singing to them. I don't know if I've ever heard a more perfect picture of that, man. That is uh thank you for actually reinvigorating my hope that the artist still does that still feels that. Oh Yeah. Yeah, you, you I'm. These songs are my family. Man, I know it sounds silly, but they are, and, and I'm closer to these songs than I am to some of the people in the band now. Oh my god! Because 
they're they're just they're part of your life and in, i'm always a forward uh forward thinker you know don't look back all that shit but i also I'm like just everybody has all these rules and as i got older um i i, I thought lose the rules hmm. enjoy the moment if the moment's something that you did 20 years ago and people are celebrating it well, how great, uh, how great is that? People always ask me, why do you listen to the same album 20 years later? I'm like, because you don't forget your friends. You don't, th- there you go, Rocky, that's it. You don't forget your friends. listening to the Cardigans for since 1999, sidebar. And we, we need them. Yeah. We need the memory muscle. Absol- absolutely. It's comforting to us. It's it helps us. The food, the food memory, music memory. Yeah. Uh, this is a good jump off point. When you released How's It, How's it Going? Yeah. That... Um, that was a spl- that was a slice of peace. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll tell you why. First of all, it, it was it had a hypnotic, it had like a Seager Ross vibe in like the best way. It was just a hypnotic, soothing. It was like a warm bath. But the archival footage of Toronto, uh, you captured an element of innocence. And the other thing why it resonated with me is because we're we're pretty much the same age. Those images of a bygone era of late seventies, early eighties, Toronto, Canada, TVO, CBC. Mm -hmm. It was so familiar and familial to Mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, he, this is not an arbitrary moment. This is not just a song. He's, he's reaching out through the airwaves and he's grabbing a hold of us and he's giving us love. I know enough about you to know that that was highly intentional it was a tactical decision to put uh, a piece of warm bread at a very sparse table at the time of, of, and it would happen at the height of COVID if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And dude, I want to officially thank you for that because it was, it was, uh, it whisked me off. Mm. Well done. Hey, uh, thank you. I, um, found inspiration in my friend, Jordan. He, uh, I like working with I like working with artists who don't know how great they are. Mm. It's one of my favorite things to do because I find so much inspiration from them and just their sort of flimsy way of not having someone tell them you're amazing. Right. And Jordan he was making videos for us. I I found him on on online. I met him through Jimmy Shaw, but I was looking at his little videos that he was making on Instagram called what gifts. And, uh, I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, uh, will you make some videos for broken social scene? And he did a video, a few videos, but one that he did was for a song called boyfriends and his intuition alone and just how he went about it without any notes, anything, just you talk about empath, you talk about understanding, you look for people to understand you. He friggin' nailed it. And I just, it was great because Jordan was teaching me how to edit. I always, every time I learn how to edit, I then don't do something for five years. <laughs> yeah. So I say, will you come over? I got this video and just working with him uh, during the pandemic and grabbing people like that. And this is before, I mean, I ended up getting dragged as an anti-vaxxer, which was very, it was very educational for me because it brought me into the land of stupidity. Mm. And it brought me into the land of, hey, I just, you know, how's it going was basically just saying, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm anti-ignorance. I'm anti, I'm 
I just, it was very shocking to me that uh, this community that I love so much kind of turned around and said, yeah, I'm going to cognitively believe what I read on Twitter. And I got a bunch of hate mail and all these things while being vaxxed and while having a friend die, Mm. dear, dear friend of COVID and some parents sick. And I had my own reasons why I was waiting, but it was really, really a learning experience for me to uh, suddenly just be quiet. Ridicule is a nightmare. It's, it's interesting how we still believe what we read. We're still cognitively the information we see, we still say, Oh, that's, that's how it is. It's a, it's, it's a, a, it's a very, very, very scary, scarily powerful medium, which is why what you did with how's it going was so dude, like you, there's, you know, there's no shortage of accolades that you've been a part of, but that is a moment in time that um, is special. Oh, well, I, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I'm glad I came over this morning. This coffee's great. <laughs> is it, how do you, what do you, shout out to Detour with their, um, instant, instant coffee. coffee that I gave, I gave Kevin Drew my wife's instant coffee and she's going to get mad, but that's okay. She's going to be understanding because she knows how special this was. Well, it's, it's quite, it's um, really quite nice. It is floral. It's, it's, it's floral and citrusy. By the way, Van, Vanessa Hines says, uh, hope is a ditch. Shoot for the middle. Oh, nice one. She goes, she goes tell him that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love I'm trying that. to get her on the show, but I don't know if she's a, if she's an interview person, but um, she loves you. She says, hello, by the way. Oh, she, goes, what, she goes, she goes, what a, what a, what a mention what a talent. This, mention this to him. Photos. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I said to somebody yesterday, I was talking to someone and they said they, their life hasn't really amount, amounted to anything yet. I went, Hey man, life's overrated. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fatalist. Don't, don't, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> We're all out there just trying to figure out what's the next move. 100%. While the microphones have been given to the whole entire society. Oh, that's good. I'm and for- it's so loud. I'm 45 and just figuring it out. Well, uh, you have a podcast. Yeah, I'm trying. Rocky, I'm trying. what made you want to do this? I love people. I love mm. I love communicating. I I I my I got a spiritual download while living in Toronto and I was I, I understood the the three tenets of what my life was to be built on and that was to do the following, to create to communicate and to encourage. Mm. So if anything falls under that banner, I'm good. Whether it's food, this, writing a song, speaking. I grew up in a hair salon, third gen. I was a third generation hairstylist. My grandfather was 16 years years old when he became a barber, opened a barber shop down the street. I grew up around gossip, around chewing gum, cigarettes, Mm. conversation, laughter, ringing phones. I was answering the phone at seven years old, making appointments for perms. So I come by it naturally of, of just wanting to look someone in the eye across the table and and talk. And that was my, and I kind of got my PhD of that in Toronto where I met you because I was dealing with thousands of people weekly at dark horse. And I, I was able to build worlds with amazing people from the time it took to order an Americano and serve it to them. Like lasting. Well, I mean, here we are, we don't see each other a lot. I wouldn't say that we're, or tight by any means, but we made a moment all those times ago with your pumpkin seed muffin <laughs> and Americano. And uh, you, were, you, were, you were my guy when it, I walked in there and saw it, you. It bears thought, fruit. Oh, good, yeah. great. He's here. Yeah. You know, my mother's hair was a hairdresser. I love it. So we ha- we share that. My I mother came over with my dad in 67 because Canada was trying to get people from the UK over, keep the colonized five going. What part and, of England? Uh, my mother was from Essex, nice. and then my dad was just from sort of middle. I'm a huge Anglophile, by the way. <laughs> I identify with the Brits more than the Italians. 
Yeah, there's. It's interesting when I when I go over to Ireland, you know, my, you know, my I have great <clears throat> grandparents, and we have a little history out there as well in Cork. Nice. Um, and I go to the UK. There's just always a sense of home for me. I love it. I like the ghosts there. Oh, dude, you freaking you're such a poet. Their ghosts are better out there in it. Europe. I just those European ghosts, the UK ghosts, you know. Oh, Irish that's a band. That's a, let's start a band called the UK Ghosts. <laughs> uh, so, can you can you feel can you feel the land the landscape? Like I can feel it. I can smell it. I'm like so, something happened right here. Well, I think this is what getting older is about: is how you can suddenly. So, since my parents came over, first generation of starting out here in Canada. Um, if I dig into the roots of my lungs, I don't feel that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as I get older and as you see time becoming something that you have to have a relationship yes. with, whether you want to or not, you're in this relationship with time. Uh, I, I do like to stand where I feel a sense of history that I have no understanding of. It's just inside of me. So I, love it. I think that's when you go home, all those docks you see where these old, people are going back like I'm, I'm home and they've right. never been there, but there is that familiarity yeah. to the air you're breathing. I love that. It's very true. Um, there's a call and you got to answer it. And that's it, one of those things. And you, you go to a landmass and it's something there. Um, in the interest of time mm. we've been talking about, you know, it, so far the flow has been very, uh, conducive to actually some of, some of the questions I wanted to ask you when we're talking about, you know, your art form. When I was coming up, when we were coming up, um, my record collection was very fortunate in the sense that one third of it was American music. One third of it was from Britain and one third of it proudly was from Canada as a Canadian musician coming up. I was incredibly grateful for the cats like Sloan, the Doughboys. Killjoys, I'm of the Earth. <clears throat> the list goes on and on. The inbreds, like like every province, had a body of work that was incredible. And then you fast forward to the 2000s. You know, the early 90s in Toronto was was there was an incredible singer songwriter scene. Uh, the 90s was very good to Canada, and then the 2000s, your band was part of a family of musicians that represented very good world-class music. It's clear to me that you're kind of like a planet. You collect other heavenly bodies. Like you collect people. (laughs) Broken social scene has been a collective. It has been, you have gravity around you that kind of pulls you into your orbit. How organic was that for you? Um, I don't feel like it was intentional. I feel like you just have this ability to kind of just kind of squat and flowers bloom around you. How how did that all shake out, man? Like, cause that's, you can't replicate that. It's the company you keep. And and I appreciate that analogy. I think it's, you know, my success is a success of a group, not Mm -hmm. of an individual. And, it's, it was Charlie, it was Brendan, it was Andrew, it was Justin, it was Amy, it was Emily, it was Evan, it was Jimmy, it was Leslie. Uh, all huge individuals that just for a couple of years there would listen to me. <laughs> I love it. But not in the idea that I was in any way giving direction, but um, 
I just feel like when Brendan came into my life and someone like Charles Spearin coming into my life, it brought a music that attracted people. And that as much as the story is about sort of my ex-wife and I, Joanne having this home and everyone would come to it. It's kind of how I became sort of the de facto leader to a sense was because that my house was the host of okay. where we could go okay. and create. Um, so just that alone kind of made me suddenly become a lead singer in this band when you're really hanging out with people that challenged my, uh, just challenged me my whole life to be better because I wasn't, I was very much a tendonitis slacker kid who just wanted to play G, C, and D all the time. You're creative. And I just wanted to make ambient noise. And then when I started singing, I started singing because obviously I was a child of Kermit the Frog and Mascus and Dinosaur, you know, Junior and stuff like that. But no, I, I very much was very lucky to have the friends that I had in my life, especially in my 20s, that band. Um, and I think their success in all that they do speaks volumes to the fact that uh, it was nice to be able to be in a room before they blew up and got very successful because it allowed us to figure things out together. And we were lucky enough to do that for a while. I don't feel as close yeah. to that as I, and that's fine. I'm, I feel very close to the memory of it. And uh, I know if I'm in trouble and I know if they're in trouble, we're a phone call away to helping each other. Um, but I do think when you say flowers grow around me, I was with the right people for those flowers to grow because they grew around them as well. I, I, I'm indebted to yeah. those people for, for making uh, my life what it is today. It's it's like that rare occasion when the Scorseses, the the Coppolas, the George Lucases, the, the these this new school of directors that all came up at the same time in the same mile radius. Like those those are rarities. Those moments. Those are those are like flashpoints. And you that that scene that you were part of, no pun intended, is is uh, historical for sure. And guys like you and me, we're good at li- living in our memory. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, a good place to be sometimes. It's you know what. I don't need to stare at a slideshow every day when I wake up. It's not not for me. But I'm also not scared about yeah. uh, looking back. I'm just not. I don't. I'm not. A, I, I've accepted. I'm aging. I've accepted ageism. I've accepted the way uh, this this career has gone. The fact that I'm still able to do it, it's wonderful. And uh, you know, the list of people that I said, minus a couple of them. We just wanted to fucking party throughout the world and have the best time ever because we were able to do it and we wanted to do it for the ones who couldn't mm. and getting in front of people and having people in a room has been the the greatest achievement I think of my life is to, to share and have people want to come and see this, this, this group of people playing for them under a ceiling or under the sky it's amazing. Last night, Hamilton, three nights. I just, it's, you just feel connected. We never had a barrier. We also never got to a place where there was going to be a barrier. You know, we have a lot of peers who went past us and just 
three buses, six drum techs, you know, all that stuff. We never did that. We always stayed under the ceiling of indie rock. And it kept us grounded in, in the aspect of remembering it's not about you. It's about who's here to see you. Mm. I, I went to, I went, it was in Paris, Ontario, my barista manager at our little coffee shop in Burlington, uh, spiritual espresso. Uh, she invited me to a, um, home concert. Her, her mom and her stepdad did two sets, eight songs each. And people came and had drinks and wine and it was very art house. <laughs> and we sat in this little cottagey home and people watched them sing their hearts out. And I was like, I've never experienced it before. It was so beautiful. And it was like a love in, it was very sixties. It was, and it was a charming, enchanting evening. That's what last night felt like. And it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, these guys are established. They've been around. They, they, they are inextricably linked to a time and place in Canadian art but I feel like I'm in a living room. Yeah. And you guys settled in to the songs and your songs are very like, I grew up in church. You guys settle into a moment and into a song as if it's like a moment in like a worship set. It's like you camp out <laughs> and you sit in and you, you the, the songs like you're not in a rush to start singing your intros, your, your moments, Broken social scene is just moment after moment after moment. Well, I mean, I came up from instrument was supposed to be an instrumental band. <laughs> really? Was, oh yeah, come on. Casey okay. Accidental, Charlie, and I basically instrumental. The first social scene, Brendan and right. I, basically instrumental. Um, yeah, me- melody deserves space. I love uh, that. But um, it's interesting. I was just thinking when you were saying that we we love living room shows. <laughs> To do shows, intimate shows, is uh, it's usually the most fun for us. That's why Strombo show is so cool. When he was yeah. In shows, yeah, we did a show in Boise. I think it was Boise, Idaho. We, we realized we had a day off. So through Dan Mangan's side door, he has this this side door where you can find uh, people that will host you in their in their house. Awesome. Uh, through side door, we ended up in some punk place, some house with a little bit of a farm in the middle of somewhere but i think it was boise idaho and we packed 75 people oh, in I love this it. kid's house and uh i the i i feel so blessed to have the band members i do because when i say stuff like that justin especially our drummer you know he's a fickle man in the idea that i said this is only gonna work if uh you do this. And I know Ariel wasn't going to come out. And I just sort of said, it's only going to work if you do this. And they came and we did this living room show and, uh, we had the time of our lives. And that, I don't remember a single show from that tour. I don't, I can't tell you what tour it was. That's what I remember. The living room show. As a kid falling in love with music, what was the first song that made you, made you look? Um, that's interesting. There was a song, there was a very interesting moment for me where I was singing a song about a rainy day. And this is to do with the cognitive. This was when I first got introduced to, to the mind. Cause I started singing about like, I love a rainy day. I love a rainy day. And I was singing it for a few days and I got into my parents' car and we were driving and it came on the radio 
And my parents said, hey, here's your song. And I didn't understand that um, I had heard it. It was by Eddie Rabbit. And I didn't, I thought I wrote that song. Wow. So when it came on the radio as a kid, it kind of, that was my first mind blowing moment where I literally could not understand how the song I was singing was being played back to me in my parents' car on the radio. That's wild. So obviously I heard it somewhere without knowing. Um, and then it was ACDC. You know, really? Yeah. It's next. That was it. I love it. Babysitter came in with Dirty Deeds and Sgt. Pepper's Beatles and, and DC. And uh, once I heard Dirty Deeds, I didn't come back. I love that. Yeah. As, yeah, right? Yeah, as we're talking, my business partner is... Uh, Quitting. <laughs> no. I'm done. Just in an interview. Uh, Kev, we are at 28 minutes. How are you doing for time? I'm good. It's uh, your show. Uh, um, I just want to make sure... Time flies by. Wow, 28 minutes. Yes. I was like, I don't know if I can do this in a half an hour, but... It's your, your easy company. I'm not a podcast guy. You're very good at it. Oh, well, I mean, I don't listen to them. Well, we have a, we have a significant moment between us that, that is a shared experience. So my time in Toronto, I, I was very fortunate to serve a plethora. Are you going to tell the story or am yeah. well, I going to tell I'll, the story? I'll set it up and you can, you can, okay. you can I'll, I'll throw it to you. Um, Wonderful. Uh, many, many, many celebrity. <clears throat> Dark horse. I was very intrigued and enchanted by many. Um, only one made my knees go weak. Mm. And uh, Kevin, you were there for that. You want to take it from there? Well, I was I was with Gord. And I, I, I'm pretty sure we were working on Secret Path at the time. This is when we started to spend time together. For those who don't breathe the air you breathe, who's Gord? Gord Downey. Okay. Yeah, Gord with, Downey. Tragically hit. Okay. Yep. He... Uh, came into my life by calling, calling, asking me, I was the third label he asked to put out Gord Downey in the Sadie's. Mm. Uh, and I said, yes, right away. And I couldn't understand why the other two labels turned it down, but we won't go there. Um, I'm grateful they did because it started a relationship that mm. you know, impacted my life. Um, in 13, he started coming to my house a lot and we were working on secret path at the time. I didn't know what we were working on. And also this, it didn't come out until three years later, we were about to go and record and I brought him down to your coffee shop. Now, why I love this story is because it does speak to the man and I don't speak about the man a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to, to talk about him because also, there were so many rules around his death. Mm. I will never do that again. Mm. I will never follow anyone's fucking lead again on that. That that uh, I'm still unpacking that, and I'm close with his, Lou, his son, and we're unpacking it together. But there were a lot of rules that uh, for his health to protect him from. Just okay, I'll just leave that. Grief alone. is strange, and grieving with a whole entire country is stranger. <laughs> so obviously. Ain't that true? I'm not talking about my grief. I'm talking about yep. witnessing, you know, witnessing the grief uh, that was happening while he was alive and happening it after. And there were a lot of rules around what you could and couldn't do. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, so was he I, sick when I met him? No, okay. no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, but I'll tell this story. Okay. Cause it does speak to the beauty of him. We come into your coffee shop and I'm smiling like a 
geek because I'm so happy I'm hanging with him. You know, mm-hmm. I was so happy to be in public with him. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. It was, it was, uh, I was like a little kid whenever I was with him. I was just so, ha- when I really, I was just so happy, you know, even the hip guys, I was just, right. just like this little kid running around yeah. like, I can't believe this. This is so fun. It's like hanging with Gretzky. Yeah. It was just, you know, you, don't lose the youth in you. Right. Just don't. Right. You know, people is like, oh, you got to be cool. You got to be this. Oh, fuck that. Right. Keep that childhood right. dream inside of you. So we come to your coffee shop and I walk in and I see that you're just like, you look at me and you just give me these eyes like, fuck, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, hey, Rocky, this is Gord, Gord, this is Rocky. And you're, you're pretty, yeah. you're taken back. Yeah. You want to describe how you felt? Like, yeah. So one of the, and we got to get to the fifty fifty percent of the celebrity that came in were American in town shooting or recording. Fifty yeah. percent was Canadian. Yeah. The Canadian artists were always down to earth, and he when it was Gord Downey, and I realized who he was, and he was impossibly cool, looked cool. My knees went weak. They did. I saw and, it. And uh, <laughs> he goes, "Hey, Rocky, I'm Gord. Uh, I'm Gord. What's your name?" I'm like, "I know. I know who you are." Yeah. Uh, and but I was, and that's really it. I was just. I was just holy shit. And you, you lent into me like, dude, you're yeah. bringing Gord down. I said, yeah, I'm bringing him in. And while this transaction was happening, mm-hmm. I saw him step back, and then I saw him suddenly look really uncomfortable. And I thought, oh, okay, what's going on? And we're waiting for our coffees, and he's just his eyes are getting bigger, and he's just starting to get fidgety. And I said to him, hey, hey, Gordy, what's up? And he goes, look over there. And I, I go guy with the hair I go, who's that he's like it's malcolm gladwell i said who i didn't know who he was right. obviously i'm a fool it's, like, it's malcolm gladwell and suddenly he was starstruck oh, and i went go over and say because I, I can't i can't oh, I, so i'm getting this exchange with you with him right. and then immediately i turn and he's doing the exact same right. thing and that's levels levels of awestruckness and what are the odds of having those the all this this creative tidal wave in one location at the same time that's that and that's why i love my time and he didn't go over he didn't didn't go over and introduce himself that's amazing because he was just too right i want to leave him alone i I don't i don't he didn't want to uh, bother him and i found that so grounding yeah and i say to people all the time because i i know so many people and so many people are out there in the spotlight and so many people that aren't people are people and if you're hanging with the good ones, it's just on the, you're all on the same level. Absolutely. And uh, I know that we put people on pedestals and all that stuff, but really if someone's heart is true, yeah. then it's a true heart and he actually can, he can have a good hang. He seemed like a genuine soul. Uh, I don't know if you know Dylan Hudecki from... Um, of course I do. He was on stage last Dylan. Dylan. Was he here that last night? Yeah, I brought him out. Dylan is how we met David Newfeld who did You Forgotten People. Dylan made a record with Justin Peroff and he brought us into that world of Newf. Huh. So I always cite Dylan as one of the Amazing. people that uh, helped You Forgotten People happen. The Dill, he was on the show last year. Another impossibly cool guy. He was in my high school and I, he was someone I was like, I want to know him. He's so cool and laid back and it took 30 years to get to get him in front of me to talk to him. Oh. But... um. He was talking about how you got rolled into the game of uh, shinny with all the guys playing hockey, the, the radio static guys, Bedini and, and Martin Tielli, Gord Downey. Yeah. And he was telling this incredible story where he saw this guy in full Boston regalia with like thousand dollars worth of goalie pads. And like, who's the guy in goalie? He's taking this really serious. He's like, oh, that's Gord. He's like, Gord who? He's like, that's 
Gord Downey. The man. Um, and then he remember he was the most conflicted he's ever been is he, he scored on Gord. Oh, that, yeah. And it was like the proudest, most shameful moment. <laughs> it was such, such a Canadian story. Hockey. Well, I'm, I, I'm one of those people of hockey disappeared. I think the world would be a better place, especially, okay. especially for men. I didn't I know where you. It's a toxic sport and it's remained that way. And for me, nope. Okay. That's a big nope. And I know there's the love of the sport. And obviously uh, what I'm saying is controversial to those who just think it's wonderful, but uh, not for me. I don't think it's done us any favors at all, especially uh, within the gender of penises. I was curious what you thought about that. No, I, I get angry when I think about it. The fact that they haven't stopped the fighting in the sport alone is just absolutely it is, ridiculous. It has, that's actually amazing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. And anytime I talk to anyone about the love of hockey, I'm like, yeah, bad breath. <laughs> just get away, please. What do you enjoy more, writing and being an artist or producing? Uh, 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 it's a hard question. It's not a fair question. But. I like producing if people will let me produce. I don't work with a lot of bands because a lot of bands want to produce themselves. So I'm, I'm like, look, do it. Um, I, I'm fortunate enough that, once again, I've been working with Niall Spencer from the Bathhouse for, the, for a decade now. Uh, I, I owe a lot of debt to Niles and, and his sound and the way he engineers and the way he produces, you know, you'll never see me do something on my own. I, obviously I write, I do write on my own. I paint. Those are things where I, I do it myself, but music, I always believe it's, it's good to have, it's good to have company when you're beside melody. And um, Niles and I have done a lot of work together. So I've produced, without him but there's something about the bathhouse in that place for me i don't go there as much anymore and um i love the memories there for sure but nile and i we 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 definitely i love the work that we do we know we've we've done a lot of work together the social scene my solo stuff all the gourd stuff the hip stuff we just worked on july talk together and nice on the wonderful um and we're going to go back in and uh, we're going to work on that. Uh, so I, I love producing, but I love doing it very quickly. I don't like to think about it. I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to have to go through everybody. When people have a melody over, once again, G, C, and D, and they feel such ownership to the idea that they have a melody, it's the simplest thing to come up with. Melodies are simple. So to govern people's uh, inspiration is a little difficult. Right. So I tried to just do it very fast so people don't have a lot of time to think about, maybe I should do this and maybe I should do that. Um, and I also come from a place where I didn't do that for a long time. Right. It was actually with Secret Path where we did it in 10 days where I thought, oh, there's something here. <laughs> there's something here where... I know with social scene, we spent a lot of time on Forgiveness Rock. We spent a lot of time on You Forgot. We spent a lot of time on Hug of Thunder. And, uh, you know, I have a solo record that I made with Niles that's going to come out in the fall, I believe. And uh, we just went in very quickly. And I made a record with Kaya Usher, a lovely album. And we just sort of did it in five days. Oh, I love it. 
And I think there's something, what I try to say to the bands or the artists I'm working with is the, the ears will hear the honesty. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's so good. It's not a career move though. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't really, I, I would love to work with American artists because you have so much more of a chance to resonate. Right. Uh, the, the Canadian scene is right back to where it was when we started out as social scene. It's very uh, interesting. It's not, there's not a lot of room to break through the glass ceiling. And if you are, you're on a major label and it's very corporate and it's right back to where it was when we came out and said, Oh, we got to change this. Mm. And it only lasted for about three years. And I think it speaks volumes to the idea that we're right back where we, where we started when you forgot it came out. But that's also because a lot of the leadership has gone to the side of mortgages and, 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 Mm. and, and money. So, that's a driving force behind trying to uh, exist in these times. You know, once you get past not killing yourself, you then have to keep going. And that's always around the corner. But when you keep going, one of the things you realize is you need to, it costs a lot. It costs Mm. a lot or it can cost a lot to keep going. So for me, I think I just try to sort of stay within the realm of understanding what's going on within the business, especially in owning a label like arts and crafts and seeing that there's still a passion for artists to break artists, to try to get artists out there. The mountain that has been forced upon us is the idea that everybody got given a microphone and now people are addicted Mm. as, as they should be to themselves and being heard. You know, that Twitter, the Instagram, all that stuff. It's just people just going nuts on like, oh my God, I'm actually being listened to. I'm being seen. I'm being, it's a huge feeling. It's a serotonin. It's an addiction. Platform power. Platform power. And uh, the only trouble I have with that is that it's buried. A lot of noise. It's buried. Yeah. Art is now fifth on the list of identity which is exciting in a weird backward way though is because now that there's this pursuit to find the real genuine article so when you find it it's it's special um we're gonna wrap up yeah as we're winding down <laughs> can i take a very candid photo while you're talking is that okay uh or is, sure yeah, or, or does that five hours in two days i don't want to this is a uh, this is a memory and i don't want to miss it um do you edit these or do you this just- is all long form Really? I compress them. I bring okay. the lows up and the highs down. But um, so far, it's worked well. I, really? I, first of all, I don't have the, the data in my mind to know how to edit that. <laughs> I haven't reached that, but I like the long That's point. a good quote for Monday. I don't have the data in my mind to edit. You, um, maybe this can be our last, maybe this isn't the best last question, but. Let's do two more and then okay. uh, you actually have to go, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, mm, here we go. Let's say no like pressure. So the song Shoreline. Shoreline. With Miss Leslie Feist, who you Feisty. also brought in and she was terrifying. She just seems like a force. Oh, to the coffee shop. She goes, she's like, What 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 am I listening to? And I told her and I told her my opinion about the band. And she like looked at me and she went, hmm. I was like, Oh my God. She's scary. <laughs> New record. Yeah. Great songs coming out. So proud of her. You capture a boisterous we're having fun vibe. Let's specifically on that song shoreline. I'm, I, you know, I'm just take a pick, but uh, how the hell do you capture that energy on tape? Do you guys record live off the floor? Like, like it's, I can't remember. No, no. I mean, 
working with David Newfeld was such an adventure that uh, I, I couldn't tell you. Brendan is incredible. I just keep moving. The, the, the idea of this forward motion, that really kicks in for me with memories. The songs are my memories. But uh, Leslie was just, she was the one when we, I mean, our success, 2003, we came out and we did a tour with her. And that's when we, blew, we went down to South by and that whole story that stereotype, that bumper sticker of like, it could maybe happen. Mm. It happened. And, and uh, she was such an integral part because she was just drop kicking everybody mm. on stage, jumping around. Yeah. Jumping. She was, and, beast. and that, so that to me, that just sort of captures her, you know how I say you got to keep the youth in you. Yeah. She was like an excited bike. She just <sighs> go everywhere. She'd knock your pedals over and jumping around and uh, obviously became everyone's balladeer where your heart is broken, put on a feist record. But uh, we got we got some jumping jacks, oh, so yeah. that just lifts up the. I, I had the best time with her whenever we were on stage back in the day. Even though I would get frustrated when I would look down and my pedals were across the stage, I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> but um, you, I think everybody when they saw our band, there's two things I, I always say. Uh, Emily, yeah, Amy, Leslie, Lisa, you know the. That's insane. Man. Just you, you had to be, you had to be your best around these women. It's like you started a band with every musician in the Laurel Canyon area of the sixties. And then <laughs> it was like, what the odds of that are just insane. And then, um, due to my lack of sleep, I said, it was two things I was going to say, didn't I? I it, it, it's okay. I didn't sleep well. But you had to, you had to be on with them. And then secondly, I guess I've already lost my train of thought, but, um, Yeah, I don't. It's okay. I don't know what's going to say. I, I I like the idea of trying to be in your best form, and I I suppose at this point, as I said, you know, we're fortunately still still here. Yes. Um, Anyone making a living at doing art, I have the utmost respect for. There you go. So we're we're able to still do it, and um, it's very simple. Enjoy it yeah. or don't do it. That's it. 100%. So I think with this crew, as I told you, I feel closer to, to the songs now than I do to, to, to the people in the band. Obviously, family's family. and uh, But I, I do believe that uh, in life, you just want to sort of try mm. to make it easier because it's so difficult. Yeah. And it's so difficult to figure out how you're supposed to market yourself in front of people in your day-to-day -day life now with the elements of all that's going on right. around. And I try to tell those around me, it's really hard to make things easy, oh, but it should be easy. It should really be easier. Hard to make things easy. It should be easier than this. And uh, That's quotable. You know, you have to look out for the person beside you. Mm -hmm. And I do believe in helping people that uh, that's where a lot of us empaths and artists, that's where we're headed. That's why you're at my table in my home. You you, you made time for me. I'll, well, I'll never forget on. it. And that's, you know, I felt like, should I ask him to take a photo? That photo was not 
I wasn't okay. fan fanboying. No, of course I'm not. I'm a keeper of moments. Also, you're doing this is you're yeah. you're you're doing this. Yeah. This is something you're doing. This is something that you wanted to do. Yes. You wanted to have your podcast. You told me you're getting people yeah. are listening to it. That's good, Rocky. Look, Thank you, my brother. Okay. You know, people talking puts me to sleep, but that's why people say, Why don't you listen to podcasts when you're driving? I'm like, Dude, because I'll kill myself. Yeah. I'll hurt somebody. Someone, someone on the planet will listen to this, and it'll it'll do something. So, in in closing, I, this isn't a question. This is a, this is a thing. See how I, quick my my thoughts come though. I, I love two it. things to say, and I lost the I first one right by it. saying. But you know, shout out to the ladies, and then I guess also to the the idea that uh, yeah, when you when you're having fun on stage together, yeah. What else is there? That's what you're shooting for, and you did it. This is not a question. This is a thing I just want to say. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take one last photo of you drinking coffee. Yes. Um, this is random, mm-hmm. but I don't care because this is, this is, bands give me a feeling. And if you give me a feeling, I'm with you for life. In the late 70s, early 80s, as a little boy, one of the safest, most loveliest environments for me was the children's literature section of the public library or any bookstore. It was magical. Mm. I can smell the rug. I can smell the ink and the print and the the lived-in feeling. But the stuffies and the, the posters, this this... It was it was lovely. It was like the polka dot door in a corner of a big concrete building. The late seventies, early eighties in Canada was a special aesthetic, a special feeling. TVO, CBC Kids, the it, raccoons, the raccoons. It, it like I, I'm I'm feeling warm thinking of that aesthetic, that feeling. Your band has that feeling for me. Oh, thank you. Broken social scene. And that's why I loved How's It Going. Oh, that's sweet. It has, it's fir- the footprint is firmly footed in Canada in the best way. You are a Canadian band and you've tapped in for me and my soul, this feeling of a bygone era of, uh, a golden moment of sound and touch and feel and smell of my youth that I don't find in most places. I have to go back to YouTube to get that feeling again. But when you launched, how's it going? And that archival footage, it was an, it was an, it was a perfect period at the end of a sentence of a body of work where it's like, this is what they're all about. This is what Kevin is all about together. Together, mm-hmm. yes, and and uh, somehow it elicits a, a, mo- a mosaic of moments and memories and smells and and textuals, memory moments that your body of work evokes in me, and I don't know why. But how, how cool is that though? That you're saying all this right now. It's very lovely that you say all that. I it's mean, cool. I mean, it's it. cool to hear that yeah. because we do try. Yeah, and. Um, it means a lot in the aspect of, I, I think, legacy is a, is, is a male word. A lovely woman, Tracy, taught me that. Um, 
And I think more than ever, especially with the climate of now and so many people branding themselves on hatred and negativity or uh, their, their addiction to their finger mirrors. I call mm. them finger mm. mirrors. Um, I think together is more important than it's ever been. And um, I, I know the division of now has taken a toll on a lot of heartbeats out there. And it's not hard, once again, just to remind people, like, actually, it's not happening to you. Mm. It's happening to us. And there's power in people. And there's power in looking left and looking right and making sure that you see those who are struggling in the room. You know, what goes up must come down. And there's a lot of people out there fighting the good fight and trying to create an environment of, of safety and calling in safety. And uh, I think that together... That's what How's It Going was about. Mm. I was like, I, I'm, I really mean it. I'm serious. How's it going? I know you did. And, but that's the lyric. Yeah. I really mean it. I'm serious. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but how many times have you said to someone, hey, how you doing? And then they tell you how they're doing. Right. And you're like, shit, fuck, I got to get out. I, right, right, right. I don't have 10 minutes to hear this. But then you realize people want to tell you how they're doing. They need to. They need to. Yeah. Because they're hurting. Mm. And I see more hurt now mm -hmm. than i ever have in my life yes. and i'm wondering is it because i'm older or what is it and it's like nope it's the times yeah suicide rates through the roof through the roof and uh i just want to always make social scene and the bands with me on this about being in a room being together not having it be political not having to be anything just being about music and being together and maybe just maybe in those couple hours people feel sense of belonging and yes. then they can leave with that in their back pocket yes. and spread that like little ripples so that it does defeat this division that's always been marketed to us for this last decade job accomplished my friend hey man love you thanks for having me i, I will never forget this and uh your generosity of time um you did not. You did not have to, but you did. Oh come on! And uh, thank you. And uh, as you make I make me just sound like a well, no, no, no. But I, but as I, I, I we're leaving uh, this city to move to this, well, the city I, my wife grew up in. Yeah. And um, oh, was that okay that I said that? Yeah, of course. Did and I'm fall, I'm kind of going through this morning <laughs> this morning process of leaving my town and this home. And uh, this is a lovely moment to have on my way out. Uh, Kevin, thank you, my man. I. It'll probably be another three years till I see you, but I, my heart loves you, and I thank you for your time, my man. Uh, I love it. Shout out to to Hamilton. Yes, I mean it. We just did three days here, and uh, I'm proud of this town. I like the people came here and, and raised the uh, raised the mortgage rates. <laughs> you ever need, everybody has big homes. Jesus, how many rooms do you really need? Sorry, but if you ever need a place to stay and need to make a little supper club for you while you're in town again, you let me know. No, I'd well, love that. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you guys for hanging with us. And we'll see you on the other side. Ciao.